Be Resilient. And it's based on a study that the Barna Research uh, Group did on what keeps people in their faith into their 20s and 30s. And the one that we're going to look at today is the matter of giving. People that keep their faith. Um, students that grow up in the church, keep their faith in their 20s, keep it into their 30s, were people that grew up in environments where they were encouraged to give. And it's one of my favorite talks to give because it combines two of my absolute favorite words, and that's the word generosity, which has had just a profound impact on my life and my wife Darla's life, and the word flourish. And what I want to tell you, if just simple boil it down, is if you want to flourish, if you want your kids to flourish, if you want to experience a life that grows no matter what the circumstances are like, learn to practice generosity in every way that you can. And I'll read to you a verse right up front, Acts 20, verse 35. Um, this comes from uh, the Apostle Paul almost in an autobiographical sense. He says, in everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words. And then he says words that the Lord Jesus said. It is more blessed to give than to receive. So if you've ever wondered where do those words come, they come right from the lips of Jesus. And if you hear that word blessed and you go, what does blessed mean? Well, um, uh, Bible scholars think one of the best ways to actually translate it into English is to use the word flourish. And the idea of flourishing is uh, best summed up in Psalm 1 when it talks about a tree planted by a stream of water. So it doesn't matter what's going on. It doesn't matter if it rains or doesn't rain. Because it's right by that stream of water, it grows and develops and gives fruit no matter what the season is. So if you want a life that flourishes, one of the best ways that you can do it is by being generous. So here's a little line that I tell myself. Give every day in every way. In fact, say it with me. Say the first part. Give every day. Let's say that. Give every day. I need it louder than that. Give every day in every way. Say in every way. Okay, let's all say it together. Uh, give every day in every way. One more time. Give every day in every way. So give your time. Give your talent, give your treasure, give your touch, and you know what will end up happening in your life is you will end up flourishing. Now, I know some of you could be suspicious about this. You could go, um, boy, maybe we took a downturn in the finances, and uh, Paul needs to kind of tighten the belt and give us, pull out the giving message. Not at all. We just finished as Aspen Grow uh, uh, another year of record giving. Almost $4 million of gifts were given. And all of you rallied together. And, you know, in August, September, October, we've met the goal. We're, we're going to exceed the goal. 
so we can get about searching for our lead pastor and all because of your generosity. I'm not saying this because I want something from you. I honestly am saying this from the bottom of my heart because I want something for you. I have found that generosity has a unique ability to lead into a life that flourishes. Look at the New Testament promise from 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 11. The Apostle Paul writing again. He goes, remember this. Here's a principle. Whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And whoever sows generously will also reap generously. So if you plant a little seed, you'll get a little return. You plant a lot more seed, you're likely to reap a larger return. It says in verse 7, each of you should give what you've decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. Now look at verse 8. It's like the most positive verse in all of the New Testament. It says, God is able, God is the able one to bless or allow your life to flourish a little bit on your birthday. He lets you flourish on your birthday. Uh, he gives you two days a year that you're going to flourish. No, what does it say? That you will be blessed, you will flourish abundantly. Now count all the alls with me. So that in all things... At all times, having all that you need, you will abound. I'm going to count that as an all. In every, I'm going to count that as, a, as an all. Good work. Five times, God goes to the extreme and goes all the time. All that you need. And in every circumstance, you will end up abounding. Now, I know it takes faith to be generous. That's just the point. When, when you are being generous, uh, you're acting in faith. And you know what happens when you act in faith? You grow your faith muscle so that your faith is stronger in all the other circumstances that you have in life. So what I found in my life is as I've practiced generosity with my time, talent, treasure, and touch, that my faith in God has grown. And then when I do face adversity, when I do face challenge, when there are times of difficulty that come or in circumstances where I need to act boldly, my faith has grown stronger because of that practice of generosity. Well, what I want to do with the rest of the time I have is simply give you, because I, I don't know how it seems to you. Do you need me to go over it again? If you're generous, you will abound. It's in your own self-interest to be generous. If you're generous, your mood will be better. If you're generous, your thinking will be better. If you're generous, your uh, relationships will be better. Generosity is just such a gift that God gives us to be in relationship with him. So what I want to do is just give you some examples. And not every example is for you. But you know what? Most of them are. Most of them really are. I, I think almost every example that I put on here is something that most of us could apply in one way or another. So Write some of these down on the back of your program. Sit on the edge of your seat with a bias for action, a bias for acting in faith. We'll start with touch and time. 
Are you being generous with your time with friends? Generous with your listening, listening more, talking less. If you wanted a couple applications for this, join in a house group. You still can join in a house group. And when you join in a house group, you do life with a small group of people. 10, 12, up to 20 people. But you get to know them, you get invested in them. They invest in you and it makes a difference. Here's another thing. Another uh, application. What if in the month of November and December, you know, this is the 300th day of the year. So uh, we don't have a lot of this year. What if in November and December, you decided I'm going to make one new friend? I'm going to reach out to someone new. I I'm going to invite them over uh, for uh, coffee or for pie or for uh, a lunch. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go and connect with someone. I'm going to go for a walk with someone, even if it's cold outside. What if you did that? Now, I admit, I, I'm a very strategic kind of guy, and I'm a little bit compulsive. So a few, few years ago, as I was praying, God said, um, why don't you try to get friends across the age range? Because you know what happens when you get a little older? All your friends tend to be older. And you know what you do when you're with older friends? You spend the first half hour talking about how everything aches. And, and what the last doctor appointment was like. And I just realized I needed some younger friends. Because they would add a vitality to my life. So you know what I decided to do? Have a friend in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, 80s. And I've got a guy who just turned 90. Please don't die. Give me a few years in the 90s. No one in the hundreds. And I've skipped. I, I hang out with teenagers, but I don't know that I can call them friends. And, uh, and you know what? My life is so much richer because of that. You know what? What people always go, well, well how did you do that? I asked. I asked and I pay. Never been turned down. If I ask and I pay, I've never been turned down. Do they ask back? Do they remember to ask back? No, a lot of them don't. A lot of people aren't good at reciprocity in that kind of way. But they're all appreciative of the relationship. What if you said, I am going to be generous with my time and my touch. That's your relational connection with people. By building more friendships. Second one I want to bring up to you is what if you were generous with your talent and time? Uh, when we offer it again, do divine design and learn your unique talents. Um, and then just decide that whenever asked, I'm going to try to serve. And I'm going to ask you to serve in just a minute. In fact, I'm going to ask you to get your phone out right now if you've got a phone. Seriously, I'm not kidding here. Get your phone out. We're going to bring a number up on the screen. If we could bring that number up on the screen. And I want you to text the word SERVE, S-E-R-V-E, -E, to that number. If you're not currently working in uh, working with our grade school or preschool program, we're, we're setting record numbers. You know, we huge numbers on Wednesday night. Huge numbers between all three services. And we need people that will come in. And you don't need to teach. 
You, you don't need to develop a lesson plan. You don't need to counsel. You know what you need to do? You just need to be around about 10 or 12 kids and love on them. Love on them when they're here and singing worship songs. Love on them while they walk back to the classroom. You'll learn a lot while you, wor while you work with the staff that works there and the other volunteers, and your life will be richer for it. So seriously, uh, text that number. In fact, want to put a challenge out to you. I did this message last week at Woodridge. We had 40 new volunteers. So I'm, I'm asking you to sign up if you haven't and join in that group. I'll let you know in the uh, next couple weeks uh, how we came out with that. But you know what? I, I just have a bias. If someone's telling me there's a project, I try to serve. There's an opportunity I try to serve. At Woodridge, we're doing uh, something called the marriage course. It's a course that Alpha puts out. I'm, we're talking about bringing it to the Highlands. And it's billed as seven date nights for couples. And so we decided, well, let's offer it. Let's, instead of charging something, let's give the book away. Let's give the snacks away. Let's give free childcare. Well, we had, I thought maybe we'd get 20 couples signed up. You know, wouldn't that be great if you had 20 couples that wanted to work on their marriage? Come out and do that. We had 45 couples sign up, and they're a great breeding group. They have 55-plus kids. So every Tuesday night, I'm with uh, a group of, I guess this last week, what was it? Uh, uh, a mix of two to four-year-olds. Seven or eight, two or four-year-olds for a couple hours with another volunteer. And I just want to be honest with you. It's a way better use of my time than anything else that I do. I go home excited about those kids, excited about those marriages, excited about the people that I served with. So decide. You are going to have a bias to join in and help other people out. Um, last one is the matter of time and treasure. People will ask me, is there a biblical standard for generosity? Well, in Malachi 3, 8 to 10, this is what it says. And this is the Lord God speaking. Will a mere mortal rob God? Yet you rob me. But you ask, how do you rob me? How do I rob you? In tithes and offerings. Tithes means 10%. You are under a curse, your whole nation, because you are robbing me. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse that you may uh, be, that there may be food in my house. Test me in this, says the Lord Almighty, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will be not, there will not, not be room enough to store it. The biblical standard for giving is the matter of the tithe. 10%. Now, notice God it, in one of the few times in the Bible where God invites us to test him on something. He goes, test me on this. See if you do this, if you give that 10%, if I don't just bless you in so many ways. You know, I found that to be true in my life. I, in fact, 
almost every person I've ever talked to who practices tithing will tell me there's huge blessings in their life because of it. And they're so thankful and grateful for it. So what if you did a tithing challenge? We have November and December coming up. What if you decided, I'm going to start tithing and I'll tithe for November and December and then just at the end evaluate and see if God was faithful in that. Now, there are people that shouldn't tithe. If you um, are in debt um, and, and you would go into more debt by giving money, then you probably shouldn't tithe. But you could look and say, could I increase my giving by some percentage amount? I, this isn't so that we get a ton of money into the church. In fact, if you think I'm saying this because I want you to give more money to the Highlands, I, I just want to tell you, give it to somebody else. I bet there's a Catholic or Lutheran church that would take your check. Go and give it to them. Just go, Pastor Paul said I was supposed to give this to you because I was suspicious that he was asking me to do this out of self-interest for the church. I believe what God is saying. I believe by faith what God is saying. But you know what Darla and I discovered? Tithing's great. But more than tithing is even better. And just over the years, we've worked ourselves up so that uh, we're giving over 20% of our income away. Gladly, willingly. You go, how did you do that? I'm a strategic kind of guy. You know what I do? Is I, every time I get a raise, usually it's about a 2 to 3% raise. I go, could we live the lifestyle we lived the last year or does our lifestyle need to increase? That's called capping your lifestyle. That's why I brought this little toy up here. Let's see if I can get it open. It's full of all kinds of good food. All kinds of good food. And yeah, I could go, if I left it open, I could go, I could put even more good things in there. I could buy more good things. You know, I, I don't know how it is with you. I mean, I think about every kind of pizza that is imaginable. Maybe I've missed some. You know, what I found about everyone goes in and every pizza goes out. I've gone to fancy restaurants where I've spent way too much money on food that I can't even pronounce and indigestion the next day from it. And I can't remember any of that. But I remember when I've given gifts to people. I remembered when I've given scholarships so people could have the opportunity to study or go to a camp or serve on a mission trip. And so what Darla and I did is we go, instead of increasing our lifestyle, what if we just, let's get that on there, capped it. What if you capped your lifestyle? And said, God, would you allow me within the money I'm making in 2023 to be just fine? You know what that probably will mean for us in 2024? We could give 3% more. And you just grow that up. And you have an experiment with God over time as you do it. Just one last way I wanted to tell you about for being uh, generous with your uh, resources. And... Uh, it's an area that, unfortunately, I had never really thought about. And that's being generous with your wealth. And the whole idea, I had someone say this to me. It was just real compelling when they said this last year. Have you planned for your last gift? What they meant was the things of your estate. 
And they said over time, people accumulate wealth as their house goes up in value, as they put money away in, in savings, all kinds of things like that. And I realized I never thought about that. And Darla and I right now are working. We're going to have a seminar coming up probably in the first part of the new year where you can learn more about planning for your estate and planning for your giving and seeing a difference with that so that you know that you'll make a last gift. A lot of times if you plan for it, you actually can cut down on the tax burden and you can uh, cut down on the legal hassle for the people that you care for. Um, Julie Yantis uh, grew up in Delano and she uh, was a hairstylist and uh, started attending Woodridge about 17 years ago. Went to an alpha class. My, Darla, my wife Darla was the small group leader with Julie and Julie put her faith in Jesus. Julie is a great hairstylist. Darla went to her for years and uh, about a year and a half ago, Julie found out she had pancreatic cancer. And if you know anything about cancers, that's one of the toughest cancers. And we prayed for Julie, and she, she, lived, she lived a relatively long time and a painless time. But this last August, she died. In fact, just a few weeks ago, we had the memorial service for Julie at Woodridge. But as Darla was meeting with Julie... Julie was going, you know, I just, because I, Julie had learned to be generous. She said, I want to be generous. So she was going to give money as a scholarship for uh, a stylist. So a stylist wouldn't have to pay for their training. And two weeks ago, we got a legal looking letter. Uh, I opened it up. They give it to me because they're assuming it's bad news. And I, and I go, Julie's left us $75,000. Bonus money that can make a difference and impact because she thought of a last gift. I love you. And because I love you, I want you to be generous. Because I know if you're generous, you and your family will flourish. Will you stand up? I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to close our service and worship. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we pray now that you would uh, seal this truth through the songs that we sing. And we pray that we would become people that in faith, are generous in every way, every day. And um, because of that, that our lives would flourish. We ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen.